It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Super Scoreboard live from Celtic Park ahead of tonight's Europa League qualifier against Nomi Kalyu as Neil Lennon also makes another signing today. And Stephen Gerrard says Kyle Lafferty's Rangers exit is close. Well, Alison, looking forward to another week of European football for our Scottish sides. Last week we almost had the clean sweep only for Kilmarnock to let us down but the other three progressed into the next rounds and looking forward to the game here at Celtic Park must say it has roasting <laughs> hot here in the press box so I don't know what the players are going to expect down there but Neil Lennon will be looking for a performance from his side and a good few goals because the first leg um, in these qualifiers you always prefer them to be away from home mm. um, unfortunately for our sides they're at home Celtic and Rangers, Aberdeen obviously away, but Celtic and Rangers have to really get off to a quick start and Neil Lennon will be looking for his side to get off to a quicker start than they did this time last week. I'm Alison Conroy and joining me here at Celtic Park is Mark Wilson. You can give us a call tonight 01419511025 or of course tweet us at Clyde SSB. Now the Celtic SC Festival is taking place at the SEC this Friday, Saturday and Sunday and is set to turn Glasgow green and white. The first team squad will be there all weekend for picture opportunities. You can also get selfies with the treble trophies and that European Cup. And if that wasn't enough, there will also be great challenges to try including the crossbar, free kick, penalty and top bin challenges. So for your chance to be there all you need to do is come on Clyde One's Super Scoreboard this evening and we'll put your name in a hat and draw the winner at the end of the show. You need to be quick because Saturday is now sold out. There are only tickets available for Friday and Sunday. To find out more about the Celtic FC Festival log on to www.celticfcfestival.com Now Celtic have made a new signing today as well Mark Israeli right back Hatem Abd El Hamid has joined from Hapoel Beersheba on a four year deal Neil Lennon was raving about him yesterday mm. Yeah well it's a position that needed filled um, we were chatting on the show last week uh, myself and Andrew about how that was a priority position for Celtic and it's very rare that you see that often mm-hmm. when, when you associate signings for Celtic it's probably middle to front that people want to see in but I think the Celtic fans realise that the position of right back is a real worry when you've had a guy like Mikel Lustig fill the position for you know seven years and give some great service and he's he's had backup along the way who, who have came and gone to go from that to, to no one I think is a real concern so Neil had to move uh, and move quickly and I think it's um, I think it's a positive that he's got uh, I'm in that the right time because I think he could perhaps negotiate last week's mm-hmm. tie. He could perhaps get through these ones, but once you get to the third round qualifying, that's, that's when you get tested. That's where I don't think you get away with playing, you know, sent out and out centre halves like Christopher Ayer at right back. I think you get found out. So the quicker he gets these players in, and I think I still think they need another right-back. Now, I know he can play centre-half as well, but I still think they need another right-back. They need two there for competition. But it's a positive that he's got, uh, he's got him in. So the, the Celtic team starting to take shape. It's not been a rush for Neil Lennon. I think he's taking his time over his targets. You know, that's a left-back, a centre-half, and a right-back now mm-hmm. he's brought in, and there's still work to be done. But it's certainly a positive that he's got him in at this moment in time. And I just wonder if he'll be... You know how how long will it take to get up to match fitness? Because we're we're chatting about Christopher Julian and and wondering if he will feature tonight. I fully expected him to feature last week, but we heard Neil Lennon's comments saying he, he's still a wee bit away. 
a wonderful future tonight um, because you want your players, your new signings to be integrated into the squad as quickly as possible. We'll hear from Neil Lennon later in the show. Plenty to talk about ahead of this Champions League qualifier tonight. But Stephen Gerrard has confirmed today that Kyle Lafferty will be leaving the club in the next couple of days. The Rangers boss says he's had honest chats with other players that are also surplus to requirements and he's expecting more to be heading for the door soon. I totally respect the individuals. I understand the feelings and respect the feelings. As a player, I always wanted... um, Respect and honesty from my manager. So to all the players that are surplus here, I've been as honest and as open as I can man-to-man face-to-face and told them uh, where they fit in or where they don't fit in. That's the best I can do. Then it's other people's responsibility uh, around them to find them different challenges or a team that's going to satisfy them from from a game point of view. Unfortunately, the the numbers are too big at the moment, so I've got to make tough decisions, but that doesn't mean I haven't got respect or I don't respect their feelings. I'm told Kyle Lafferty is close to finding a solution uh, from a mutual point of view, so um, I think there's something loading there that might be released today or tomorrow, so we'll wait and see. So, yes, we're moving We're moving it forward, and um, we're, we're trying to make the, the squad as set as possible for the challenges that are coming. It's not a surprise that Kyle Lafferty is heading out the door. No, not at all. Um, I thought it was, a, you know, in the face of it, and I think many Rangers fans may have thought the same. When he signed for Rangers, I thought it's exactly what Rangers needed. You know, he was in form with Hearts. Um, he scored a great goal against Celtic, of course, mm-hmm. uh, at Tynecastle, and you thought that's what Rangers need, a, a different dimension. Someone who can who can be the big guy up front and hold things in, and someone who could perhaps fill um, that role on the left-hand side if, if Kent or whoever gets injured. And he started so well. He started so brightly. I think it was at Fur Park. He looked like he just hit the ground running and he was ready to be a Rangers player again. Unfortunately for Kyle Lafferty and for Rangers, it kind of went downhill from there. And his game time became more limited. And I think at the end of the season, you were hearing rumours that he wasn't even making squads and he was at um, he was at the training ground while I think it was here at Celtic Park, the rest of the team were here. And of course that then signals the end. Been through it myself as, as a player, when you're not making squads, you know your time's up. And it was all about negotiating the right term for both. Uh, and that's sometimes a tricky thing to do. You know, a player's got every right to see his contract out. If a club gives him the contract, he's every right to sit there on the money he's on. But obviously Kyle Lafferty still has ambitions of playing international football and wanted to go and further himself elsewhere. And it's, it's a move that suits both. It frees up wages for Steven Gerrard to perhaps go out and get a, another player. And it allows Kyle Lafferty to go as a free agent and get another club, which I'm sure he will. I think bloated was how he described his squad yeah. at the weekend, so he's not going to be the last player that's heading out that door. He's brought up some players and he's starting to shape it the way he wants to have it. Yeah, well, listen, Stephen Gerrard brought in players last season um, who some were at success, some weren't, um, and he's had a good look at that over the summer. And now he's, he's making changes that I think are needed. Um, and he's, he's right with what he says. He has to make some big decisions. That's what being a manager is about, making big decisions and telling players, even big players who perhaps you've signed last season, spent a bit of money on, it's up to you as manager to realise and hold your hands up and say, that's not worked. I need to move this guy out as quickly as possible. So I think Stephen Gerrard has to be commended for that, realising it's not worked. We'll get him out and get someone else in. Um, the squad is too big. Um, no doubt, I think he will want one or two in. But, there's a few he has to shift. There's a few big earners there that he has to shift. I don't know about Graham Dorans. I know he's been injured, but mm. um, just heard not long ago that he may be another one that, that could be on his way. Um, so we'll see how that, that goes. But Stephen Gerrard certainly making moves to shape this squad into 
a squad that he thinks is capable of, of taking this championship from Celtic. Well, Stephen Gerrard says he hasn't been briefed on the club's ongoing court case with Sports Direct. He says he's got no concerns as things stand and he's happy with the backing he's been given by the board. I think that's a, um, a situation and a topic for the board to deal with and I think they are doing that. Um, I just focus on the football side of things and we've got a huge game tomorrow night and I'm fully focused on I haven't had that conversation with the chairman or the board. Um, I'm not sure whether that conversation will come. Um, and as I say, it's not really for me to focus on right now. Um, I've had a really good, strong backing from the board again so far. Um, so I've got no complaints as far as that's concerned. He's got no complaints. He, he's been given the backing that he wants from the board. And as things stand at the moment, he's just got to go with what's happening. Exactly. Uh, I mean, Rangers are in a position now that they're, they're able to spend you know, £4 million on, on a player. So you can't see he's not he's not getting back. So Stephen Gerrard just has to go with that. You know he has to go with what the board says. Mm. It's very difficult for uh, a guy like Stephen Gerrard too. Who is, it's not a rookie manager. It, it was last year, but in his second year, having to deal with other things out with yeah. playing is very very difficult for him. So he has to let the board and the guys upstairs deal with that. Stephen Gerrard's main priority is on the training pitch and. And when it comes to a Saturday, getting the team prepared to challenge this Celtic side. And that's all he has to concentrate on. He has to leave everything else, all the Sports Direct stuff and Mike Ashley stuff, to people above him. And he has to fully concentrate on bringing quality players to the, the club and shaping them into a team, like I say, who, who can win things. A quick look on Twitter. Colin McNeil, we've just been talking, of course, about Kyle Lafferty. And he's asking, if Lafferty leaves Rangers, do you think they'll buy another striker? Because I think it leaves them a bit short up front. I, I think they do need another striker. Um, because, listen, the question mark over Morelos is still going to be hanging there until the last day of the window. We know how these things can drag out. You hear nothing. And in the last few days, a bid will come in. And before you know it, it's away. Now, the prime example is Celtic last year with Moussa Dembele. Mm -hmm. Everyone thought Celtic were fine in that forward position. Uh, they had three strikers. And before you know it, it was whittled down to two. And at the end of the season, it ended up one. Now, Jermaine Defoe's banging the goals in pre-season. I think Rangers fans will love to see that. I think he's been a, a top signing and, and kind of backed everything that everybody said about him. Top finisher, he'll score goals here. Morelos, the same. 30 goal a season striker. However, if one goes or one gets injured... You can't survive a full season with one striker. Celtic were lucky enough to get away with it, but they had makeshift strikers, and I think Celtic struggled at that. It's the last thing Rangers need if they're if they're being serious about a challenge, and they are because Steven Gerrard is bringing in, you know, some good signings on the face of it. They need to be sharp at the top end of the park, and that means having three strikers to carry you. What it could be a sixty-game season. Yeah, a big game for Rangers tomorrow night. And Stephen Gerrard says they're out to right the wrongs of two years ago against Progress Indercorn. He says he's read the headlines from after their defeat under Pedro Cachinha and that there's some pride to be restored. You obviously do your background and um, you look back on previous successes and, and previous failures. And um, it's always nice to be in a position to try and uh, put a wrong right. So that's the opportunity we've got. Um, a lot of people were hurt last time we played this opposition. Um, maybe not so much in the first leg because they had a narrow advantage. But I think I look back at the pictures and I read the headlines and the articles that were written about our club um, and our individual players that represented the club at that time. It's it's myself, my staff and my players' opportunity to 
to put a better feeling around the club. Rights to be, or wrongs to be righted tomorrow night? Well, of course. I mean, I think it, it still ranks up there as one of the worst European uh, results, probably the worst in, in the history of Rangers. So, of course, it still hangs over the head. And I think the Rangers players who, who were involved at that time will be desperate mm-hmm. to, to get out of their Ibrox. Rangers are a, listen, Rangers are a totally different team. There's from, no doubt oh. they've... they've Come on, so much. Mile, since that uh, night. Listen, miles apart in terms of in terms of off the park and on the park, miles apart from where they were. You know, you, you look back at Pedro Cashinia and uh, and the second leg, and you know the pictures of him standing in the bush and things. I mean, can you imagine Stephen Gerrard doing something like that, or Gary McAllister, or, or the full professionalism of the club seems a lot different now from mm-hmm. to what it was. The the playing side, it seems to be a happy squad, a squad that knows each other much better than it did. Um, a, a couple of seasons ago so they'll be looking to go out and, and put on a real show against this side um, and, and I think they will I think the way Rangers have, uh, have negotiated pre-season has been fairly impressive uh, and I, I can't see them having any problems at this stage uh, in the Europa League Yeah, we, we said two years ago we don't see any problems against Pros against Nidacorn but yeah. we, we talk about how much Rangers have, have developed since then and you you can't envisage there being a problem no. against them this no, season No, listen, you can't but you're right with what you say a couple of seasons ago, we were saying the exact same, but I, I just feel that this Rangers team, um, better defensively, um, they look sharper going forward, they've got real goal scorers up front, um, and as I say, Jermaine Defoe, the way he started pre-season, it's been really impressive, so I think when you've got that, the midfield looks particularly strong for Rangers, you know, a lot of energy, uh, a good mix, uh, a defensive ability and skill in there. So, I mean, I don't think it'll be a problem uh, for them. It's, it's further down the line. Uh, like I say here with Celtic, I don't think this will be a problem. It's mm-hmm. it's the next rounds that can be tricky. Um, but you're right, I think everyone going along to the Rangers game tomorrow on Ibrox will be desperate to put, you know, two, three, four, whatever it is, past this team because mm-hmm. memory is still a bad one for them. We're battling slightly against the sound check here at Celtic Park. The Nomi Calu. Uh, so loud, uh, eh? It always is, isn't it? The Nomi Calu players have been out on the pitch having a, a little look around, Mark, getting used to their surroundings for this one. Yeah, and I said to you, you'll never forget the name of their, their side because <laughs> they've got the biggest, the biggest name on the back of their t-shirt you've ever seen so that's good for us but I mean they're out there inspecting the park you know beautiful beautiful night here in Glasgow pretty pitch hot sprinkler well, pitch is yeah. amazing the sprinklers have just come on but these guys will be looking around taking in their surroundings but I mean they're not just coming here to make up the numbers they're they're midway through their season you know they've played 20 games um, not having the best of seasons I think they're sitting fourth on the table but last season um, they, they showed how good they can be but it's all about Neil Lennon's side tonight. It's all about how they start the game, the pace, the tempo. Um, Neil says he was he was delighted last week with how the team played. Mm. I I seen a slightly different game then because I thought Celtic were were a wee bit sluggish at times. But you'll be looking for a faster tempo tonight. I want to go onto the lines now. And Alec in Parkhead's given us a call ahead of tonight's game. Good evening, Alec. How are you doing, Alison? How are you doing, Mark? Good, thank Good, thanks. Good, I'm looking forward to going to the game tonight. Uh, this is t-shirt weather. Uh, definitely shorts and t-shirts weather. You better believe it. Not often you get that in Glasgow at, at, at kick-off time. You know what I mean? At night, anyway. Uh, this is the biggest game. Uh, this is the, the biggest tournament at Celtic Day, and it's at the beginning of the season. Financially, it, it's the biggest. Uh, you know, Brendan Rodgers had a couple of attempts at it. Now Neil Lennon's come in, and he's had to more or less. 
there is on a, a defence that he's had to rebuild. Michael Lustig left. Tierney, obviously the boy's injured. We've had to get a, a couple of centre-halves in. We've had to play either at right-back. Now, if Neil can pull this off, and this is before Mel less the season's even starting, if Neil can pull this off and do something that Brendan couldn't do, I would like to think that this would go a long way to all the, the doubters out there, you know, that mm. saying that Neil is a real deal. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I've got to uh, agree with that. I think there is still a portion of the Celtic support who who maybe aren't, aren't as happy um, as they could be with the, with the appointment of Neil last season and they've continued their... their you know, their moans and groans into pre-season. But I think you're totally right. I think if Neil Lennon can get through these ties um, and get to that that playoff and give himself every opportunity and, and he negotiates that into the Champions League, then that's that takes some doing. That's, that's hard work to negotiate four ties uh, in Europe to get into the Champions League. Um, I think would silence some of the critics that he's got. Because I think, I think every Celtic fan wants to be there I, I think they love winning the league I think they love winning trebles but I don't think they can beat the atmosphere they get here in Champions League nights when, when big teams come here and you get your three home games so if Neil Lennon does achieve that then you would you would like to think a lot of the critics would be silenced Also another thing Mark is if Celtic can get to can get to you know into the group stages or whatever maybe a couple of players that would want to come to Celtic, maybe that that, that would hinge, you know, if, if, if Neil was saying, right, you're in a Champions League proper, yeah. you know, whether it's in loan, that's a difference for getting that back quality, and we all know the money that's at stake, and that's how Celtic can afford to pay the salaries that they can, and to go out and buy the, the boys like Julian and everything else, and, and update all the facilities, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. I th- I, listen, I think it's a massive thing, if you can say to a player, um, and I, I take on board your point, even if it's loan, because it's difficult <laughs> to have these big transfer fees. But even a player on loan and say, listen, you're going to play Champions League football, you know, come along here uh, and, and you'll get six games at that level. Now, I know it's only six games, but it's still putting you at the top level of European football. I think that says a lot. I think you, you can attract players, but take, it's a long way to get there. And like you say, I think if Neil gets there, then he deserves tremendous credit. This is Clyde One at Super Scoreboard. We're back after the travel with Amber. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Get the result you deserve. Talk to Thompson's.com. Mark Wilson here with me, Alison Conroy, live at Celtic Park for Clyde One Super Scoreboard tonight, ahead of their Champions League qualifier against Nomi Calu. Expecting the team pretty soon, but let's hear from Neil Lennon first of all. He's hoping Celtic can take a substantial advantage to Estonia next week. He says they've done plenty of research on their opponents and they won't be taking them lightly. You know, we've negotiated a tough tie and I'm expecting no different from you know Estonia. Um, they had a great result in the last round. You know, they were goal down and you know, pulled the tie around and win 2-1, which was no mean fade away from home. So, again, we, with it being at home, you know, the first leg's not always ideal, but, you know, hopefully we can take a, a decent, a substantial sort of advantage to us to Estonia next week. So, again, you know, our preparation has been good. We've had a good week. You know, players are getting up to speed, players are getting fitter. You know, we've no fresh injury worries, players are coming back. So, in that aspect, it's been 
good in terms of the bulk of the squad as well and, and the depth that we have. We've, we've had them matched on a number of occasions now and you know, a lot of footage. You know, Estonian champions, so a team that you can't take lightly. Something you touched on already about playing at home first and every team would rather be away first, but yeah. you know, he's done his research. We're looking at a team we looked it up. They play in a capacity stadium of 5,000. Yeah, yeah well, uh, it's like I said earlier on, Alison, that, that Neil will be looking for his team to, to start quick and the tempo to be, be high. Now, I said that last week and I, I believed that Celtic would have come out that way. Mm -hmm. And they did in patches last week. But I don't think for the full 90 minutes uh, it was there. And maybe that was because they had negotiated the first leg so well and they had that cushion. But t tonight's a, a totally different thing. When you're, you're home first, you need to get a, at least a couple of goals. And I think when Neil looks at the opposition, he's saying he's had them watched and he's, he would have studied videos. I think he, he must know that Celtic are more than capable of taking you know, two, three or four mm -hmm. off this team just to set them up nicely for the second leg. The last thing you want to do is, is score a couple of goals here but concede a sloppy one like Celtic did last last week. That's the last thing Neil wants because it just makes next week's tie that, uh, you know, that wee bit more difficult. Yeah. So tonight he's looking to start quick. He'll be looking for his forward players to really get at this defence because I don't think this team will be as good as what Sarajevo were last week. I understand that they're, st they're 20 games into their season, but I just think last week's outfit would, would have been tougher opposition for Celtic I may be proved wrong because I'm no expert I must say in Estonian football but I've just got a feeling that Celtic will will handle this better than they did last week's home tie A few of the Celtic players out on the pitch at the moment, are you expecting Neil Lennon to change it much from last week? Um, well I would like to see Julian play, uh, I must say if you're, you're signed a guy for 7 million You've got to be thinking, when's he going to play? Yep. Um, so I'd like to see him play. I know he likes near Beaton in there, and especially at home where you can start things at the back and he can start passing moves. Um, but I'd just like to see some sort of partnership formed early in, this, uh, early in the campaign just now with, with your centre-halves. And the forward positions, I mean, he could change anything. He could, he could put Scott Sinclair back in. Not sure if he, he will. I think Ryan Christie will start. And the big one for me is Edward... You know, always dangerous, but as tonight, the night that Lee Griffiths gets a start, you know, yeah. he came on last week, the ovation he got here was outstanding. Even when he went out to warm up, I couldn't believe the ovation he got. I wonder if he'll start him, because he must be hungry. Hungry for a start and hungry for goals. And that's what Neil Lennon needs tonight. He needs 11 players who are hungry, who are enthusiastic and who can take the game by the scruff of the neck straight from the off. Lewis Morgan has returned from his loan spell. He's played the first two competitive games of the season. He played last weekend. He was speaking, sorry, last week. He's been speaking yesterday, saying that he really feels that he's fitting into the system that, that Neil Lennon wants to play. You were here yeah. and watched the game last week. Yeah, listen, I, I thought he did fine last week. I, I still think Lewis is fine his feet here. Um, I think he, he did the right thing with going out and loan and playing at a good level and a, and a tough league, mm -hmm. I've got to say. And he's came back stronger. And I thought last week in flashes, he showed what he's about, you know, very quick, you know, confident on the ball, can pick a pass. And I'd like to see more of that. The problem is the position he's playing in. I, I know he's got the jersey just now, but uh, when the, the bigger teams and the stronger teams come about, he's mm -hmm. got such competition in that area where he's playing. He, he started, I think he started on the on the left-hand side, then switched to the right-hand side. Him and James Forrest switched. So it, it's going to be tough for him to hold down a place, but when he's got the jersey, he's got to make the most of it. And if he gets a, 
I nod again tonight. I mean, that'll do his confidence the world a good. You know, coming back and playing in the qualifiers right away is first choice. So he's got to make the most of it. So I'm looking forward to seeing him again because um, when he signed, there was such high hopes for him. But Celtic in those positions is so difficult to break into, into that you know, three behind the, the lone front man. The Celtic team has just been announced and a, a couple of interesting ones in this one. It will be Scott Bain in goal. Back it will be Beaton, Simonovic, Ayer and Bolingoli. Then it will be Brown and McGregor. Then you'll have the three of Forrest. Well, it's Forrest Christie. Griffiths and Edward tonight. Oh, well, so he's decided to go two up top by the looks of it, yeah. which is a complete well, change to what what they have been playing. Well, maybe maybe it's not two up top. We'll, we'll wait and see yeah. because Edward sometimes just strolls out to that left hand side. Now, up top. now that's an interesting one because we had a caller last week um, around about this time, Alison, mm -hmm. who wondered the same thing: if Griffiths and Edward would actually start, and and he was asking if it was going to be a four four two, and we had the discussion that. Even if it's not a 4-4-2, Griffiths plays that front row yeah. and Edward can play this role out in the left where he's got pace and he can burst by people. I think it's more likely to be that tonight. I think um, Edward will come out to this left-hand side and leave Lee Griffiths to be that lone front man. I think that's, I think that's a positive move from Neil Lennon. We were just chatting about young Morgan. Uh -huh. You just see the competition. Exactly uh -huh. what I'm talking about because he's now he got a front man. And Edward, who's playing in front of him. Yeah. But I, I like Edward in that position. I think he can do a job. Um, he, he's got that explosive energy. And, of course, looking forward to seeing Lee Griffiths, a guy who, who can score goals from anywhere, who'll be desperate to get in the score sheet tonight. And I think the fans coming here to Celtic Park will be excited with that, that front four. Celtic fans, give us your thoughts on that. Both Lee Griffiths and Odson Edward will start tonight for Celtic against Nomi Kalyu. So it will be Bain in goal. Simonovic, Beaton, Ayer, Brown, McGregor, Christie, Forrest, Bolingoli, Griffiths and Edward. Your bench tonight, Gordon, Julian, Hayes, Cham, Morgan, Sinclair and Johnson, Mark. Well, good to see Mikey Johnson back. I think this will be a big season for him. In the, uh, he's on the bench tonight, but I, I really like him. Again, Julian... I wonder what the mm. I just wonder what the problem is um, with him just now. Because Ball and Golly's gone straight in, so yeah, it's not. I wonder. So he's a new sign. I mean, it's not as if we've heard rumours that he's carrying a knock, mm -hmm. um, or he he's came to Celtic and if he was carrying a knock, I'm pretty sure he wouldn't even be involved in the squad yeah. for seven million quid. Celtic would would rest the guy up until he's fully fit, but he's on the bench, and I just wonder why he's why is he not starting these games? Or, and if he's not starting these games, when is he going to start? I know, I understand Neil said, uh, was it yesterday or the day before, that the guys in front of him are playing well. And that, that's all well and good, but the guy in front of him who's playing centre-half is a centre midfielder by mm -hmm. trade. Near Beaton is an out-and-out centre midfielder. And I, I said, I know Neil likes some start moves at the back at home. However, I just think even Julian must be sitting on the bench thinking, when am I going to get yeah, my game here? Because... Every game that passes, you're losing valuable preparation and game time for when the season starts. And he was brought to Celtic, in my opinion, to be the number one centre-half. David in Alexandria has given us a call tonight. Good evening, David. Hello, good evening. Nice to speak to you, Alison. You too. Uh, uh, please, please speak to Mark, please, if you don't mind. Of course, I can do. I just get your thoughts on the Celtic team? First of all, your thoughts about Griffiths and Edward both starting no, I'm, tonight. I'm looking, forward to, looking forward to that. Very much good. so. Very much. And... and well done, young Griffiths. We deserve a lot of time from him. God willing, he'll pull through and shine again. I hope so, anyway. Maybe for his sake as well. 
What's your point? My my point is my concerns about European football, eh, Mark. eh, First of all, before I say, Mark, by the way, I don't want you to see that old Motherwell fan that keeps trying to wind you up. Just remember (laughs) that that, that he's yesterday's man, you're tomorrow's man, you know, so... We'll be back on together next week. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the thing, the thing is, the thing is that uh, it's my concerns for the future of Scottish football in Europe because it's going to it changes in a couple of years in a very, very bad way as, as far as Scotland's concerned because of the Europa League, Europa League Two, because in two seasons' time, teams that that don't win the championship in Scotland will go into Europa, but they won't go into Europa; they drop down into the Europa League Two Cup, and that happens in 2021-22. Unless we can get the co-efficiency up to up to the fifteenth place at the moment, we're sitting about nineteenth or twentieth, yeah. and that's going to be pretty hard to do, and nigh on impossible because that means that the the, the team that wins the, the, the Scottish League, but the Scottish Championship, they're in Europe and had unfortunately have to pay the, play the four games uh, to qualify, but the rest of the teams don't go into the Europa; they drop down to the lower one, mm-hmm. which is now yeah. there's good money in the Champions League. Less money in the Europa, and I'd imagine it would be less again in the Euro in the Europa too. And the only way you get out of Europa too is actually to win it. And and the sixth or seventh team in in England and in Spain and Italy and that they 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 also go into that. So there'll be some good teams in it. So it was this disappointment, and, and, and I'm not been having a go at Kamara, but it was just so unfortunate. Kamara got that defeat, which was really a shame because he just. You know, it was pre- hadn't played enough games and just caught up with them. And but that's bad for us because we need we need all our teams to win games. You know, and yeah. And, yeah. and that to me is a big worry because two years two years is not a long time in football. No, it's not, and it'll pass pretty quickly. Um, there's no doubt about that. Um, and it's uh, that's why these qualifying rounds are, are absolutely huge for our clubs. And I, I do sympathise with with our clubs because they do come around quickly. You know, two and three weeks after the players have been back, and they're so crucial. And you're totally right—not just so crucial in terms of this season's, you know, progress in Europe for them, but it's for for the years ahead. And it is damaging to our game. I, I mean, you only have to look back a few years where where you won our league, you got straight into the Champions League, and look how that's turned round now. And it's getting worse. It's getting progressively worse. And it's it's because the top teams and the top powerhouses are squeezing. Smaller well, it's, leagues it's out. Very unfair. It's really, of course, it's, you know, it's very unfair. The thing is, we need all our teams to do well. You know, I mean, and it, what happened to what happened to come on, I mean, look what happened to us in Gibraltar just because we, we had to play enough games, we, could, we took a defeat there, which is ridiculous, you know. But it happens. But unfortunately, yeah. now we need teams to win because in the future, it's going to be in Scottish football. Winner takes all. The, the one that the ones that wins the leagues is going to be the one that, and the money are, are the potential chance to make money. The rest are going to have a lot less money. You know, really so much less going down to, to from the Europa down to the, the Europa too. Yeah. You know. Well, so this this is what makes <laughs> makes the title race all that bit more crucial. You know, not just the bragging rights of having the the actual league title in your cabinet but is what it brings and the money that can sustain you for years to come and, and put second place you know, further and further behind you and that's the way European football is shaping up for Scottish teams um, and, and again I know there's rivalries across the board in Scotland, none more so than, than here in Glasgow but there's got to be a, a party is that we want our Scottish teams to do well in Europe and progress as far as we possibly can. 
Well, it was really nice to talk to you. That was lovely. And thank you very much. And thank you, I David. hope we do well tonight. Enjoy the game. That was David in Alexandria. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard, and we're back after the travel with Amber. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years. Mark Wilson here with me, Alison Conroy at Celtic Park until 7 o'clock tonight on Clyde One at Super Scoreboard. A quick recap of that Celtic starting 11 for the game against Nomi Kalyu. It will be Bain in goal. Simonovic, Beaton, Brown, Griffiths, Christie, Edward, Bolingoli, Ayer, McGregor and Forrest. A strong starting 11, obviously, as we would expect, Mark. Yeah, I think um, the front four is particularly exciting. We had a couple of callers there saying that they're looking forward to, to seeing that. I think uh, the majority of the Celtic fans, when they come to the stadium and they realise Edward and Griffiths is playing, they'll be excited by that. Um, and, you know, Christie just in behind Griffiths, Forrest probably will occupy this right wing. I mean, there's so much pace and guile in that front four. That would cause any team problems and and you're looking at it going forward and you're looking you're thinking you know later on in the season the way the squad is just now I think potentially that could be the strongest the strongest four um, for Celtic going forward so I think Neil will be looking forward to see how they play no doubt he would have worked in shape with them but it's never really the same working the day before a game and walking through things yeah. to the real thing so he'll be looking forward to seeing the players day four and how they link up out in this pitch tonight do you want to have a go at the Nomi Kalyu team? <laughs> Listen, no thanks. I think there's a, a Peter Klein. That's the only one I can pronounce. Peter Klein. He's Puri. a danger man. You're all right with Puri oh, as well. Puri, yeah, Puri. They're the only two. Yeah, no we'll thanks. We've got back onto the lines now and I've got Mario um, on the line. Good evening, Mario. Yeah, hi. Good evening, Alison. Good evening, Hello. Mark. Hi. Hi. How are you both? Very well, thank you. Roasting. It's cooling down a wee bit. Come on, stop moaning. Yeah, it's a little bit, a little bit cooler today than yesterday, but Absolutely. perfect conditions for the match tonight. Um, yeah, I just wanted to make a point, please, Alison, to Mark. Of course. Thank you. Hi, Mark. Hi. Hiya. Yeah, it's a very, very attacking lineup tonight. I'm very pleased with the starting lineup. I would expect a few goals tonight, maybe even two apiece from Griffiths and Edward. But I wanted to ask you, Mark, how far do you think Celtic can go in the competition after tonight's match? Well, I think it's these games are are not easy, but you know Celtic have definitely got the squad to to get through these ties. And um, when you look at the front four, I think Neil Lennon is, is is telling us that you know he's looking for goals tonight to to get through this. I think when you get to the next round and you're looking at you know a Maccabi Tel Aviv or a Cluj then they're teams who have Champions League experience you know they've you know I was reading Cluj if I remember right beat Man United mm-hmm. at Old Trafford in the competition 2012 I know it's a long time ago but they've still got experience you know they've still sampled the competition so that becomes difficult and then when you get to the playoff leg you could get anybody it's an absolute lottery and that's that's the whole you know joke about the, the four qualifiers having to negotiate that just to get to that stage you, so it's very difficult yeah. would you expect Mark that they would actually make at least the fourth qualifier and then take it to that final game before the yeah. group stages yes I, I would expect I would expect this team with, with the squad Neil's got just now and he's adding to it you know as, as weeks go by he's still adding to it and I think there will be players to come in I think they will have enough to get to the the, the actual playoff leg now I think Celtic have, have every chance once to get to that stage but like I say it's an absolute lottery who you get mm. you could you could have one of the top teams in Europe against you or you could be lucky so 
I'll, I'll reserve my judgment until that comes round. But it just yeah. shows you how hard this this side, this team has to work to get into the group stages. And uh, yeah. when you look at it, you know, and I know uh, in, in the past few years, haven't they been sparkling in the Champions League? But Celtic have uh, have got. A good history in Champions League football, but the way the, Sc- the Scottish game is treated now with the European powers, it's just so difficult to even reach Europe's top table. Yeah. Thank you very much, Alison. Mario, Mario, you're also a St Mirren fan, is that correct? <laughs> yes, St Mirren and Celtic, yes. How, how are you feeling about St Mirren's season? Not the best start yeah. for them in the Betfred Cup. I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. It's a, it's a very strange one. I really thought with Jim Goodwin taking charge, former captain, knows mm-hmm. experience, a lot, knows the club inside out, very good knowledge of it. I don't know. Just something not quite right at the moment. It's a Murren. Are few signings still to be made, Mark? I, I, I think there will be. Everybody knows. You know, it's well known. Jim's, Jim's a pal of mine's, um, and it's been. Probably not the start that he wanted, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't get carried away with results in the the Betfred Cup. In, in terms of the season's going to be a disaster, I think St Mirren have got a very good uh, management team in place. I think they've got good players, and I think I think the squad will be added to, and I think it, it will be an okay season for St Mirren. I, I, I'm not. I'm not going along with everyone who says they'll be fighting for relegation. Mm-hmm. I think there's a, another couple of sides who will be worse off than St Mirren mm-hmm. coming into the season. It's an interesting season ahead. You say that teams won't be judged on the Betfred Cup matches. Obviously, that starts in their pre-season, but you know, it's the chance. It's the, it's the League Cup. It's the League Cup. I understand that, but it's not the be-all and end-all. I understand it's, you know, when it comes to November or, or September, October, when it's the latter stages, everybody wants to be there. Mm-hmm. However, for teams that there's a bigger picture you know for teams like St Mirren it's about staying in the league you know it's about survival it's about getting players in the Scottish Cup comes later on in the season where the squad will be bigger and players have had more game time I think that's more important to to the smaller teams than a run in the League Cup albeit everybody would love to be there in the latter stages and going to Hamden however I just think smaller teams is a bigger picture in terms of getting their squad together you know these, these teams will still have trialists and training with them every yeah. day looking for that one gem that they can pick and add to their squad so just now I don't think it's a be all and end all fans love to win games I understand that and they're going along just now wanting to win every game but it's when the season kicks off in a couple of weeks' time. That's the important thing. Now, we mentioned St Mirren in the Betfred Cup. St Johnson, another team that have really struggled yeah. in this. He's uh, Tommy Wright's still looking to bring in signs, but they, they're not going to qualify out of the group. No, and again, I don't think... I mean, I don't think St Johnson fans will be calling for Tommy yeah. Wright to, to I mean, go. When we look at last season, for example, Alan Stubbs effectively lost his job after yeah. the Betfred Cup. There was a lot more went with that than, oh, you didn't qualify for the Betfred yeah. Cup, you're going to lose your job. I'm th- not saying that. I think there was a, a few things behind the scenes that... that didn't sit well um, but for teams uh, no doubt St Johnson fans would love a cup run no doubt about it but mm. I think they'll be understanding that Tommy Wright knows what he's doing at that club he's he's successfully negotiated campaign after campaign you know top six finishes and uh, Tommy Wright will be looking for that this season it's going to be very difficult but again he's still getting his squad together so at this time very difficult for managers who've got agents on the phone players coming in and training for a week and two weeks at a time but still having to put out an 11 on the park 
and a competitive game to try and get through cup competitions. I sympathise with them because when I when I played, we didn't have this competition. I think the players may like it because it's competitive. Is it better than a pre-season aye, friendly? Aye, because you've I, I got something to I, play I for. I think for the players it is, but it's funny because managers then get judged on results when on pre-season friendlies they don't. Yeah. So it's the kind of opposite for players and managers. Players like playing competitive football. Don't know about managers so much. I think they would like to try one or two things, even play trialists in these games. Uh-huh. But of course, you can't do it. You know, you can't play trialists in a, a recognised cup competition. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not possible. It's against the rules. So, I think that's where it falls down. But I, I think for for St Mirren fans, for St Johnson fans, I think the bigger picture is is when the league kicks off in two weeks' time. Mentioned St Johnson, Jason Cummings, one player who's been linked with a loan move hmm. to to St Johnson. Would he be the type of player that would fit in there and really do a job for Tommy Wright? Um, I mean, there's no doubt about it. He's got quality, he, and he's shown that um, with the clubs he's been at. I mean, the, the thing is, with Tommy Wright's sides, he's always had a workmanlike centre forward up there who's who's you know can batter people about and really run down defenders I don't know if Jason Cummins is that type of player mm-hmm. um, but there's no doubt about it he can create out of nothing and I guess who wouldn't they want that on their side so that'll be an interesting one you know Stevie May as well um, is an interesting one um, so uh, that's what I love about this time the transfer window when we started this, these shows couple of weeks back or whenever it was yeah. four or five weeks back there's all the speculation and nothing really happening well now stories are starting to to reach us that are actually pretty true you know 70 80 yeah. percent true you can see getting over the line in the next few weeks it'll be interesting to see how all these squads in the league start to take shape less than an hour till kick off here mark what are you expecting a, a straightforward evening for celtic well, I think so, but listen, Alison, I said that last week. I expected Celtic to come here and blow Sarajevo away 3-0 or 4-0, I think I, I said, and it didn't turn out that way. I think tonight will be different. I said earlier in the show that I think this team won't be as good as Sarajevo were last week. I think even looking at Celtic in the front four, it looks more dynamic and exciting than last week's side. I think they've got genuine pace in Forrest and Edward. Uh, in the wide areas if Edward takes up that left position I think they've got a goal scorer Lee Griffiths who'll be hungry when he comes into the side who'll get a terrific reception here tonight and even his set pieces his, his free kicks his corners it all adds to the team I think with Ryan Christie behind them they've got somebody who can pick passes and slip these guys in but score goals from, from anywhere like mm-hmm. he showed last week so I think that's really exciting and of course you look behind them you've got Cal McGregor and Scott Brown Cal McGregor and that role can pick passes so really attacking line up you know you've got your full back in Aya who'll sit there and bolly ball and golly who'll charge up and down all night long yeah. um, he's so still adapting he said it himself after the game he's so used to attacking that yeah. he's still getting used to well, yeah, his role in the side, and that's why, again, I go back to Julian. You know, this is the time to play these players where you can get through these rounds. You've got enough to get through them, but you want your, your, your new signings to adapt to the way you play and the way the crowd here at Celtic Park expects you to play. So, looking forward to it, I think it'll be an attacking night um, for Celtic. I expect them 
to, to run out 3-0. Well, the winner of the tickets for the Celtic FC Festival tonight, we will go to Mario. Remember, it's taking place at the SEC this Friday, Saturday and Sunday. The first team of squad will be there all weekend as well. To find out more, go to www.celticfcfestival.co.uk. That's about it for tonight. I am back tomorrow night live at Ibrox as they take on Progress Niederkorn in their Europa League qualifier. Derek Johnson will be alongside me at that one. You can keep up to date with everything that's happening here at Celtic Park on Twitter at Clyde SSB. Stephen Mill is up next. Good night. Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompson's.com.